Man, this is such an exciting week here on the Hill. As Ross mentioned earlier, we've got uh, the vote. If you're a member, I, I pray that you'll take, take uh, time to be a part of that today. And then our missions team getting ready to go out. We have VBS starting tomorrow, and there are around 400 kids already pre-registered. So if you don't have anything going on this week, come up and help with some VBS stuff and the new building, and then we'll end the week. Some men from our church that are Gideons are going to come and make a small presentation, and then I'll preach on Gideon next week. So just a lot of exciting things happening in the life of our church. And this, this series, the staff picks in the 80s and the VCR, uh, some of you kids can go to a museum and check that out. Man, it just reminds me of, of Blockbuster, you know, in the 80s, going to pick out the video that you're going to watch at home. And if you remember at Blockbuster, they would even have the staff picks section so that if you sort of liked a movie, you could maybe find somebody else who likes some of the similar movies. As a kid, the only movie that would have been on my shelf if I was a staff member at Blockbuster would have been the great classic 80s movie, Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> I, does anybody, was I the only one renting that one? Does anybody even remember Ernest Goes to Camp? Okay, a couple of you. This was, there's a whole series of the Ernest movies, and Jim uh, Varner, uh, that was so amazing. I mean, everything you can imagine about the 80s, the look, the music, it, it was a home alone for camp. Because they had all these traps, and oh, it was just so great. I've just, I've loved movies. I love television. I love uh, escapism uh, by watching something. And so those are all fiction. But as we walk through these staff picks from the Old Testament, though they may seem surreal, they are fact, they are history, they are reality. And so today I'm going to be looking at Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. And I hope you'll follow along with me if, uh, if you have a copy of God's Word. It, I believe it will be up on the screens as well. This is what is written in Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14. It says this, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. 
Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breath on, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, I will do it, declares the Lord. What an amazing passage. For many of you, this might be familiar, but for others, this is maybe the first time you've ever come to this text in Ezekiel 37. You, you may recognize that we sang about this passage in some of the songs earlier, Ezekiel and the dry bones come to life. This is a very vivid image. It's probably the most famous passage out of the book of Ezekiel. If you know anything about his book, you probably know about that and his vision of the temple. So what I want to do this morning as we just sort of unpack this, you'll see there in your life point outline, I want, in order to understand this text, we need to understand the original context and then come and make an application for today. It's always important that we understand the original context and then bring application into today. So, in the book of Ezekiel, this is sort of a thumbnail sketch. Ezekiel has been preaching for about 32 chapters, if you will. Doom and gloom on the house of Israel and on the house of Judah because of their sin. He is proclaiming woe on them for their sin, their breaking of the covenant. There are things in which he says, I saw the spirit of the Lord depart from the temple in Jerusalem. He's saying you are going to be carried off into exile. And Ezekiel, as a matter of fact, was a priest or the son of a priest. And at around 30 years old, the area in which he was living was conquered, and he was carried away into exile. So he is preaching even from exile. Can you imagine your entire growing up thinking, I'm going to be a priest in the temple of the Lord, and then having this message, this vision that God's Spirit has left that temple? It's a pretty dire situation. Ezekiel was married, and God happened to use the death of his spouse as a picture for, for the household of Israel that Jerusalem would be the last stronghold and would fall. That death, the death of the nation as they knew it, 
had happened. And this is how Ezekiel is teaching. I want to throw up here um, a, a quick just sort of uh, map or timeline from, from Scripture just so you sort of know where we're at. You see uh, this is from uh, Watermark Community Church, their, their deal. Uh, this is pretty simple. Creation, patriarch, exodus, conquest, judges, kingdom, exile. We are right there in exile, but notice right after return. Then there is the intertestamental period, which is silence. Then you have the gospels, the launching of the church, missions, and then the future. Several pieces of this timeline are going to play into understanding this context today. So Ezekiel has been preaching, exile, repent, God is going to destroy. And then as soon as all of that happens, Ezekiel begins standing up and saying, but God has hope for our people. Sin destroyed us, brought death to the nation as we knew it of Israel, but there is a message of hope. It's so crazy. I mean, it's like you can imagine people seeing Ezekiel coming, and here's the guy that always has the doom and gloom, and then once it actually happens, they see him again. What worse could happen? And now it's a totally different tune, but now there's hope. God will be faithful to his covenant for his namesake, not even necessarily for your benefit but because he will keep his promises. And so in about chapter 32, the message begins to change. And this passage, chapter 37, comes right on the heels of chapter 36, which begins to talk about a new covenant language. The Lord reveals to Ezekiel that he is going to, that the Lord is going to put in them a heart of flesh and remove a heart of stone. He is going to put his spirit within them so that they may keep the covenant law. And so he's making all of these promises. God is making all these promises. And then you get to chapter 37. And I love how it starts. Two or three times in the book of Ezekiel, he will say, Then, I want to make sure I say this right, the hand of the Lord was upon me. That's, that's Ezekiel code for the Lord sent me into a vision to a place, like a prophetic place of vision. And he comes into this valley. It's filled with bones. And Ezekiel says, the Lord walked him through, almost like a museum. Here's some more bones. There's some more bones. There's some more bones. In many ways, because Ezekiel had grown up a priest, it was sort of a dangerous place for him to be because touching bones would make him unclean and unfit for service. And so he's walking around and says, the Lord is showing him. And then he makes this question. This is an important question. Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's response is interesting. He doesn't jump in full, two feet into the pool. Lord, yes, if you desire it, yes, you can make it happen. He sort of plays the political answer. Lord, you know. 
And scholars have debated, what does that even mean? I, I believe it sort of means Ezekiel's going, I'm in a vision of the Lord, so we'll see what happens here. But I've never seen anything like this. Because the bones are described as being dry bones. And we'll come to that in a moment. Lord, you know, sort of pushing, pushing it back to, to the Lord. And the Lord doesn't scold him for that. But then he says, preach to the bones. I have preached in front of some tough crowds. <laughs> but I have never, there were some folks I thought might be dead. But I've never preached in front of a valley full of just bones. And the Lord says, preach to these bones. And I will put bone on bone and sinew and flesh and cover it with skin. And so he preaches. Can you imagine standing in a valley with nothing but bones, just even getting started? Hey, bones. <laughs> Trying to figure out that introduction to hook them into the message. And he just begins to prophesy and proclaiming what God had said. And as he begins to preach... Whoo, this will make your hair stand up on end. There was a sound. And there was a rattling. And all of a sudden, bone picked up on bone into the right order all over the valley, which would be terrifying, by the way. And then to see out of nowhere sinews and flesh, muscle, and skin cover. And then it would probably be even more weird and terrifying and awkward because they are fully skinned, fleshed, and standing there. But there's still no life. And so God says, preach to the breath. Now that word breath is used interchangeably all through here. It is both for breath, for wind, um, it, it, uh, uh, and spirit, breath, wind, and spirit. That same word is interchanged all through here. So every time you see the word breath, wind, or spirit, it's the same word. And God says, preach to the breath. Preach to the wind. And so he's like, I've gotten this far. It's a, that was like the first recorded two-service uh, you know, Sunday, I guess. And he begins to preach and to the four winds. Four corners of the earth that the wind would come and then the breath comes and fills. And all of a sudden these lifeless bones that had turned into lifeless bodies become a life-filled army in the valley. What an incredible picture. And then God explains what just happened. Now, this is really important for us because a lot of times when we come to this passage, we will stop at verse 10 and fill in our own gaps of what this passage means. But God interpreted the vision for Ezekiel in the moment in verses 11 to 14. The Lord turns to Ezekiel after this incredible vision and says, the bones represent the household of Israel. They have cried out and said, it is hopeless. 
we are like dry bones. And the Lord says, now preach to those dry bones. Preach to Israel that I will put my breath in them. I will call them out of their graves, representing the various countries of exile, because they themselves are proclaiming we are cut off from the Lord and from his promise. By the time this passage happens, it's around, scholars believe, 10 full years since the death of the nation and the fall of Jerusalem. They're going, it's been a decade. All hope is lost. And the Lord says, preach to those dry bones that I will put my spirit in them so that they will know I am the Lord. This is such an amazing passage. So let's break it down. The original context, I've given you the, the background. It says this in your life point outline. This is a primarily a message of hope for the restoration of Israel from exile. <coughs> Excuse me. This passage is a message of hope of the restoration of the people of Israel in Exile. That is the immediate context. And I mentioned just a moment ago, but we'll go ahead here, the insight, the dry bones equals hopeless. The fact that these are dry bones. It'd be one thing if it was fresh cadavers across the valley. There were stories of Elijah and even Elisha bringing back, resuscitating someone. But these are dry bones, meaning they have been dead a while, or as we might say in this part of the world, they dead dead. <laughs> it's hopeless. It, it's kind of like this. I was trying to think how to illustrate this. In this room, there are probably a variety of approaches to a loaf of bread when you see a little mold on it. And you're trying to determine, is this too far gone to save? For some in this room, you see a little bit of mold, you just cut that right out and throw it in the toaster. It's like, oh, it's just one piece of bread. I'm not going to make you raise your hands if that's you. For others, if you see one little little moldy hair. It's like that loaf is gone. Boom. When you're trying to determine whether a loaf of bread is too far gone to save, you're looking for signs. Can I tell you that in this passage, it's not just that the whole loaf is moldy. It's that the company who made the bread is shut down. There's no hope. It's like showing up late to a movie. All of us have sort of that window of when is still okay to show up to that movie. I hate showing up after the previews have started because I love the 20 minutes of previews. I'm a big movie guy. Some of you, it's like, I mean, if it's 10 minutes in, we probably hadn't missed anything. Trying to determine when is it too late to show up to a movie. If it was this passage, the movie theater has closed, not just for the night, it's out of business you're late. You're never watching a movie there again. That's the sense of hopelessness that Israel is feeling. We are 
hopeless. But then God tells Ezekiel, preach the word. Preach what I have commanded you. The second insight would be this. You notice two factors. The word of God plus God's spirit equals life. The word of God plus God's spirit equals life. Ezekiel had maybe the most effective day of preaching in all of the Old Testament that day. He preached the word and people started moving. But there was no life in it until God's breath went in them. You can know God's word. You can sit here and hear God's word preached every week. But there is no life unless God's spirit is in you. There's an interesting facet here in that they were fully reclothed in skin, if you will, but there was no life. It reminds us back in Genesis when God molded and formed Adam, but there was no life in him until God breathed into him. He had to breathe into him to give him life. God's word shows us the right direction. God's spirit brings life. What Israel needed because they had been disobedient and drawn out into exile was the fact they had been disobedient to his word and God's spirit had left the building. (laughs) had left the camp. They needed a reminder of his word, and they needed from the four corners the, breath, the very breath, wind, spirit of God to come back in them. That's life. Then, just as a reminder, the purpose of this vision was that Israel would know that Yahweh is Lord that they would know that he is Lord. To take a death of a country, only a miracle of God could bring a country back from death, Israel. So that's the original context. Great hope for a future in which God will bring back the exiles into their own land again. In fact, the rest of chapter 37 even speaks of the fact that they were a divided kingdom, but when he brings them back, Israel and Judah will be unified again. Not only that, but a descendant of David, the Messiah, would rule over that country. And so there is a sense in which this prophecy has been partially fulfilled, but not yet. This is a pretty standard protocol for prophecy in Scripture that you have a partial fulfilling in the now and then a future fulfilling later or the fullness of fulfilling. They came back. They were in the land. 25, 2700 years later, there's a place on the map called Israel. But the Messiah is not yet ruling that country. And all the peoples of the earth have not yet 
of the Jews from Israel, from all the gathered places, have not yet regathered. There is not yet the river of life flowing out of the new temple. There is a partial so that we can trust that he will fulfill it fully later. So that's then. Let's talk about now. Application for today. The primary application for today would be this. Salvation. The same God who can resurrect a nation offers resurrected life in Christ for us today. The same God who can resurrect a nation can resurrect your life in Christ today. Can I just say this? There are some maybe in this room or watching online today, that you feel like dry bones. You feel hopeless. You feel, I'm too far gone. It's been 10, it's been 15, it's been 30, it's been 50 years of disobedience. I'm too far gone. Prophesy to the dry bones, Ezekiel. The word of God and his spirit can bring you life today. There's not a person in this room who claims Jesus as Savior who was not dry bones at one point. There wasn't a person in this room who was a warm cadaver just resuscitated. We were all dead dead. The book of Ephesians chapter 2, I don't have time to read the entire thing, but I would encourage you this week or this afternoon to read it. it. I'm not saying that Paul was echoing Ezekiel 37, but the concepts are there. He says, you were dead in your sin and trespasses. And while you were dead in Christ, he raised you up for by grace you were saved Amen. through faith, not by work so that no one would boast. And then in the back half of chapter 2 of Ephesians, he says, you were once not, you as Gentiles, you were not part of Israel, but now because of Christ, you share in the blessings of Israel, the new covenant Israel, not one based on geographical map, not one based on bloodline, but a spiritual lineage from Abraham to today. Those who trust God, hear his word, and have the breath of God breathed into them. There's not a person in here who's not gone from dry bones to life if they're in Christ Jesus. But there very well may be some folks who are just dry bones today. And I implore with you. Could I just preach to the dry bones today to say, you have hope in Christ. Would you ask him to breathe his life into you today? It is only through Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, and trusting in him that we have life. We see this in Another partial fulfillment of this in Acts at the moment of Pentecost when it says that the, nation, that the Jews had come to Jerusalem from the nations and God's spirit poured out and filled them and the first people began to stand as an army because they know Jesus is Lord. Secondly, 
not only in salvation, but B, if you will, future resurrection. The same God who resurrected a nation from exile will resurrect his church for his eternal kingdom. If he can bring a nation back, listen, he's going to bring his church into eternity in the resurrection. Paul says, I do not want you to be unaware of those who have fallen asleep, meaning died in Christ. He says, they will burst up out of the grave and those who remain will catch up with them. We will be resurrected. There is a hope and a future. The final fulfillment of the back half of chapter 37 where God reigns, Christ is reigning over Jerusalem, the river of life flowing, unity, no more division. Ephesians 2, because we are in Christ, we have been grafted in. We too will share in the resurrection. Philippians reminds us, The purpose of Ezekiel 37 that all may know, Philippians tells us at that last day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess what? Jesus is Lord. All will know. All will know at that resurrection. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Savior who has conquered sin, death, and hell. And if we get taken out from this life, the book of James tells us we are but a vapor. Our time on this earth that is perishing is like a vapor. If you've been behind somebody that was using a vape pen, it's like gone. That's your life here. But in the measure of eternity, we will be with him. Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. Preach to the dry bones. And then we come to this question. Stacy, if you would, go ahead and come up so we can have our closing song of response. The question that God asked Ezekiel, I want to close with, can these bones live? Son of man, can these bones live? Here's a few responses. What are the dry bones in your life that need a miracle? Have you ever experienced the resurrection power of Christ and salvation? And then if, you're a, if you belong to him, praise the Lord today for his word, his spirit, and his lordship. Let me pray for us. We're going to have a time of, of response, and we'll be dismissed to go. An army with the breath of the Lord in us for his kingdom's sake. Father, thank you. For this vision you gave Ezekiel, both for the people of Israel and in those that are late to the covenant through Christ, Gentiles, Father. Lord, we are thankful that by grace you have taken us from death to life. You have breathed your spirit in us. You have removed a stone of flesh, a, stone, a, a heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. And you have put your spirit in us. May we celebrate salvation today. May we celebrate the future hope of resurrection for eternity today. It's in Christ's name, amen.